Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. Happy Friday and greetings. Welcome to today's Steve Day Show, live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast. My name is Steve Dace, alongside Todders and Aaron McIntyre. Pleased to be joined today, rejoined, we should say, for the first time in many a moon, our very own friend, one of the few we have, uh, Jill Savage, will be joining us for the Dace Group. It has been many a moon. Uh, since she has joined us. She was here for the year-end edition, but uh, you guys, I don't even remember the last time. Jill, do you remember the last time you were here for a regular Friday Dace group? It's It's been a minute. It has been a minute, and I can't wait to see uh, what terrible things Aaron has in store for us in just a couple of moments. Well, Aaron, I have to say this, and I've got a couple of housekeeping items I need to get to before we uh, begin the Dace group, but Aaron, Aaron has his work cut out for him today. All right? Th- th- this would be, I mean... Yesterday, the Supreme Court of the United States heard arguments about whether we can just disqualify people from the ballot over a, I really don't like them clause. That's essentially the argument. I really don't like this person. Um, Another state Supreme Court invented something called, and I'm not making this up, the Aloha Clause to just erase the Constitution. That that occurred. We're just going to just going to violate the constitution over something called the aloha clause um oh and uh the department of justice told all of our enemies yesterday around the world that the president of the united states is too feeble and senile to be held accountable for his actions and you're not you're you're honestly not embellished no no that's what they said that was the argument that was the argument and it's like in the first page yeah and, and then, in order to counter this, the White House put him out on his own way past his bedtime. Um, I mean, they usually call the lid over there at, what, 1 o'clock sharp? I mean, right after the, uh, uh, right after, you know, the pudding gets served following lunch, they usually call a lid over there. Again, not, that also it may not be pudding, but the 1 o'clock lid's also not an embellishment. That's not an embellishment either. They trot him out there in prime time only to have him then have another mental meltdown and end up conflating Egypt with Mexico, which aren't even in the same hemisphere. Um, that That is the kind of stuff like you read books in hundreds of years later about the chains of events that, 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 that showed this was kind of the end of that particular empire. That was just Thursday. That was Thursday yesterday. So I, I, I mean, I can't even imagine trying to come up with a list of terribles that would not appear to be anticlimactic in light of what we all endured yesterday. You'll feel differently in the next five minutes. No, that's, <laughs> that's probably true. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, are you a real journalist or are we just here uh, because uh, this is an episode of your talk show? <laughs> anyway, um, uh, what else? Oh couple of housekeeping items i mentioned uh we'll have feedback friday next hour we have to mention and i'm and i'm excited about this um we have debuted a new show uh, i you know we talked about the year-end roundtable and jill was there do you guys remember who jill was joined by on the year-end roundtable back in december sarah gonzalez sarah our good friend sarah gonzalez again these are like the only two friends we have that's why we mention them a lot we don't have any others all right and um they're like our you know you've, it's the old archie bunker my one black friend okay 
we these are just the only two friends we have. Uh, just Jill and Sarah, the only two we have. We just talk, so we we refer to them a lot. Uh, Sarah has started a uh, a new show, Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered, five nights a week, no holds barred take on what's going on in the world. And however, it is very clear they need to raise the standards for whom they're going to have come on that show to give their take on the events of the day, because I'll be on it tonight, uh, as a matter of fact, which demonstrates that perhaps Sarah's show is not off to a great start. Okay, so, uh, but if you want to tune in and check it out, uh, it's Sarah Gonzalez, unfiltered. She's one of our faves and one of our only friends. And it's available right here at Blaze TV. And then finally, whenever we have a new partner join the show, we always like to give them top billing. So if you are looking to get the H-double hockey sticks out of your blue blank hole, out of your blue state, poop hole, uh, your blue city sinkhole, all right, whatever you want to call it, a Ridge Runner picks pristine land in rural Appalachia with top-notch natural beauty, value, and location. You can move to a Ridge Runner community, be surrounded by patriotic, ambitious Americans that have chosen to live in a setting where children can run free, doors don't have to be locked, natural beauty is abundant. So whether you work from home, hunt, fish, homestead, you're looking to run livestock, or just want to get the hell out of San Francisco. Ridge Runner is ready to help you find the ideal property with small acre lots starting at as low as 35K. Uh, large 100-acre holler farms, well-priced under 400K. Ridge Runner has options available for anyone seeking, uh, as Todd likes to say, we have to go back. This is kind of one way that you can do that. All right. Uh, visit uh, RidgeRunnerUSA.com uh, today. Ridge, just like it sounds, RidgeRunnerUSA.com today. RidgeRunnerUSA.com. And with that, all right, it is time for the day's group. Your weekly look at the week that was begins, as it always does, with issue one, Bleep Lord Nefarious Says. There is some movement, and I don't want to, I don't want to, well, maybe choose my words. Actually, Joe Biden at his age is so, he's, he has a big vision for our country. Your whole program is very heavily male-dominated. It just is like, hey, we're not going to make change unless we get a little bit uncomfortable and let's be uncomfortable together. There's some movement. There's been a response from. Brings the wisdom, the, the knowledge, the judgment of age as, as well as experience. What is 15 times four? 15 times four. Gosh. <laughs> 23? 23. 23. 23. 48. 48. 48. It's 48. I'll say 48. I'll say 48. I'll say 48. Friday, I said 48. The, uh, the, the, there's been a response from the opposition, but. Um, uh, he knows how to get things done. He's a legislator, not a, uh, a person to hold things up. I left my boyfriend and I've been traveling for 10 days and I've slept with 22 people. It, uh, yes, I'm sorry, from Hamas. 
but it seems to be uh, a little over the top. We're not sure where it is. There's a continuing negotiation right now. What's up? Let's have a conversation about teaching LGBTQ plus inclusion in classrooms. Now, one of the things that myself and other queer teachers have noticed is that a lot of the labor of teaching this, of hosting the clubs and all these things, falls on the out and queer teacher at the school. The labor should not be put on queer teachers to do all this. When we say inclusive curriculum, we mean the entire curriculum in every single classroom, K through 12. And then, I mean, one of the other major issues that the legislature has been dealing with is the issue of transgenderism and LGBTQ rights. Um, would you say that a, a transgender woman could uh, give birth or, or, or uh, get an I, abortion? I, I am not a doctor. Okay. Let me tell you something. Some of you have commented, I wear since the day he died, every single day, the rosary he got from our lady of... You did it. You did it. I mean, I, I, I really thought this was going to be the most anticlimactic bleep Lord Nefarious says that has ever run. In fact, I wondered if after I laid out what we all went through yesterday, if you were just going to do a non sardonic, um, just a rundown of yesterday's headlines and have that, you know, the actual news. And I was like, wait a minute, I might've stepped on Aaron's line. Okay. And I'm not that smart. No, I mean, you, you did it. I mean, I'm, I'm cutting myself all over again uh, after that. That's just uh, tremendously nihilistic, Aaron, and I, I don't know what else to say other than congratulations. Todd, you were right. You were correct. I mean, I am, I am broken all over again. I'm, I am so broken. I, maybe I'll try to attempt to listen to uh, Vladimir Putin's 30-minute dissertation on the hagiography of uh, uh, Polish and Crimean, Crimean military exploits. From biggest the 14th news, century, you know, all biggest over again. news of that uh, interview, actually. Did you see this? Vladimir Putin told uh, Tucker Carlson, hey, didn't you, as I understand, you wanted to join the CIA back in the day. Yikes. I didn't even know if that's true. But, <laughs> dude, you, he trolled him from the very beginning. He did. He, I mean, he was like, so is this like an episode of your talk show or are we going to have a real conversation? He, he flexed on him from the jump. Yeah. yeah, it was very clear. So, Jill... Ladies first, and the guest goes first. First question to you, what was the most terrible of terribles that you just witnessed and why? I knew Aaron could do it. I knew he could. I had total faith that this week was not going to be worse or better than any of the other weeks. It's just another week now at this point in time. Uh, but what I look at that, that montage, I see the queer teacher coming out and saying, oh, it can't just fall on us to teach the children. Everyone needs to be involved in this level of of inclusion and diversity. It can't just fall on these, these few people to indoctrinate the children. Uh, no, everybody must bend the knee at this point in time. And that's where we are in society, right? Joe Biden, we see that every week. Nothing is different with Joe week in and week out at this point. It just is what it is. But the the level of depravity that we will actually be forced to go through it and show the children and really move the needle, right? Everything else is is big picture, but what we're doing in the classrooms with the kids to make sure that they know what the rules 
are set to be. That's that's the biggest thing for me. And just to say, hey, you know what? Everybody has to do their part. That is absolutely the spirit of the age. Jill, do you live in a red state or a green state? <laughs> uh, it's it's a red state, but it's sometimes purple. And that's that's true for any of them. Any state that I have lived in in the past, any state that I will live in, in the future, I move a lot. Uh, they're they're all pretty purple these days. Last night we watched the White House attempt to counter the Department of Justice ruling the president as mentally incompetent by putting him out there. And he said he was the president of red states and I was the president of we think anyway that he said he was the president of red states and green states we're entirely not sure uh, could not remember the place where his son Bo got his rosary and he apparently still can't remember when his son Bo died and um, also um, thought the president of Mexico <clears throat> was the president of Egypt uh, or maybe it was the president of Egypt as the president from Mexico It's a, I mean, something is a, it's way over the top. He's going to win. I, I don't think my, he's going to be president in 30 days. Or he's going to win. See, my reaction was, I, I don't really watch a whole lot of Biden pressers because he doesn't do a lot. Right. Uh, but I'm not in the habit of watching them. So I watched that one last night yeah. when it was kind of the emergency. Because that one was done for a reason. It was done for a reason. Yeah. And I came away saying, yo. Yeah, and I also, agree. And also, that's just more the reason why they're going to drag his carcass across the finish line, just to prove a point. Guys, you know, woke, or I'm not sure, sorry, based Fetterman is a thing, whatever. He won. Okay. They can do this to anybody, with anybody. So I understand, I understand the sentiment, but I think just to prove a point, just to prove a point, they could drag him across the finish line. I, I think you might have seen Joe Biden's last presidential press conference. Either way, regardless of the outcome. I mean, you, you can't, these are things that aren't, relevant to who the Republican nominee is or even the existence of a Republican party. Okay. You can't have, what did I say at the beginning of the year? They cannot have him glitching out in a, in primetime events where people are going to be paying attention. That's why we're not going to have debates in the fall. Okay. There's a couple of moments, you know, can they, you know, can they get the Adderall drip? You know, and it'll take a few days. I mean, they pumped him full of so much of that stuff. His resistance is high. I've seen it with my own mom and morphine. You know, I mean, the amount of morphine that she had, she had to take, you know, uh, uh, for her, uh, for after her surgery uh, and her recovery, you end up having to take more and more and more because your body builds up a resistance to it. All right. So I'm not joking. This is not humor. This is tragic. And like, make sure you know where your guns are and your prayed up level stuff is what I'm talking about here. Not a joke. Not a joke. So when they get the Adderall drip, they got to work that out. You know, he's got to give a convention speech. And maybe that's about it. Okay. A, a state of the union, maybe at some point that this month, maybe. And then that's about it. But I mean, the idea of putting him out there live to take live fire 
And you could tell by the questions the media asked last night. It was very clear. You could tell by his, I mean, his response. He, he looked frightened. Yes, it was very clear. If you wanted, if you just, it was very clear a Thanos snap had been issued to the corporate press corps. All right, go ahead. Fair game now. Go get him. They put him in a position where he could only fail. He's not capable of being successful in that environment. He can't do it. He's not any more capable of being successful in that environment um, than, you know, any of your other grandparents that are on assisted living are capable of doing it. There's a he reason hasn't why he's been successful in the, la- the last four years. He just does what he's told. This yeah, is what I was, if last Normie, night I was surprised by last, the questions did, as well. But did, I've, last I've been, night he I've could been, not do what he was told. I've been trolling left wing media all day, and they're just running cover for him this yeah. morning. If Normie other than a couple care, of people, he can win. Do, Does it even did, matter, you guys? He's see, he's not running the show. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's that's my old thing. And I'm people like, are hey, fine you know with what? That. Joe Biden could go out and do whatever Joe Biden wants to do, because it doesn't even matter. That might be the truest observation that's made yet, and that's frightening. I mean, you, you obviously can't turn it to, you know, one of Montel Williams' hoes. You can't put her out there, okay? You know, she's got the IQ of a candy wrapper. So, I mean, and she has no, she has no like, residual built-in will. Joe Biden's been a fixture in American politics almost all... Every, the, the, this entire panel represents, what, two different generations? And Joe Biden's been a political fixture through all our, the entirety of them. So there is some pent-up will there. Now, he's exhausting it in real time. There's none of that with Kamala Harris. None. So, so putting her up there, she they gain nothing. There's no goodwill. There's no honeymoon there. There's nothing at all. Um, we maybe, said the same thing about uh, Joe Biden. I, I'm just going to say my end of the show prediction now. The only two people who have a chance to be president of the United States as a Democrat are the two people we're saying shouldn't have a chance. And that's why. The rubber band don't bounce back. Haven't we learned that a hundred times? But things can happen. Let me say this. Things can happen organically where you lose the plot. If the put, normies... Put it, if, I, I was just, just going to okay, go there. Then we okay? agree. They put him out there in prime time, and it was for the purposes of pushing back, rebutting what the, what the, what the Department of Justice wrote in that, art, when that, in, that, uh, in that report. That was the point of putting him out there. And so you, you, you do a national press conference in prime time and have that performance that's why I was that's what I was trying to say that that's that doesn't matter who the, it doesn't matter if the Republicans nominated Aunt Jemima you put him out there or, or that the Republican the Republican Party largely does not even exist see my my the blaze column that I'll have published here in the next 24 oh. hours okay it's 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 the normies are like holy crap this guy is you know soup he can't he's got soup for brains he can't do the job okay and that's what we don't know yet how many normies tuned in to watch that last night because that that performance was frankly frightening. I don't know how else to put it. It was frightening. Let's get to the exit question. On a scale with one to ten, with one being the odds that Ditch McConnell will survive the year as GOP Senate leader, because you know he's done. People are openly saying he's got to go. That means he's already gone. Nobody fears him anymore. And ten being the odds that his replacement won't be any different whatsoever. Rank this week's level of total depravity, Jill. Uh, I miss Lindsey Graham, but it's a 10. <laughs> I have women now emailing me. Bring back the cringe Lindsey Graham jokes, please. Todd? 10. Aaron? 
not because of the content of that montage, but because of the scale that you used, it's a 1,000 for me. I, I agree with Aaron. I mean, I, I just cannot even imagine what people in Beijing and Tehran and other places and Pyongyang thought watching that last night. All right, let's get to issue two. Speaking of what I mentioned before, ditching ditch. Here's the story this week. The text of that border Israel and Ukraine funding bill was finally released last weekend, proving it was even worse than what had been hinted at. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell sent Oklahoma Senator James Lankford out to pimp the bill before realizing within 24 hours that it was a steaming pile of garbage nobody wanted. McConnell then on Wednesday cast the deciding vote against the bill and... Now, there are some senators like Ted Cruz who say it's time for the turtle to go. I think it is. Look, everyone here also supported a leadership challenge to Mitch McConnell in November. Uh, I think a Republican leader should actually lead this conference and should advance the priorities of Republicans. I can tell you what I said when we had that leadership election in November of 2022. It was right after a very disappointing election. 2022, the wind was at our back. It should have been a phenomenal Republican election year. Republicans should have won the Senate. We should have won a big majority in the House. Instead, we lost a seat in the Senate, and we barely got a majority in the House. And, and I stood up and said, look, in any ordinary organization, when you f are faced with failure, if you're running a business and you lose $50 million, you don't just say, hey, everything's great, let's keep doing it. No, you sit down and say, what are we doing wrong? All right, Todd, first question to you. Are we finally coming to the end of Ditch McConnell? Is he on the verge of his final glitch? No. And all my reasons are the same as I just got done talking about Biden. We might be coming to the end of Todd's career on this show. I mean, I'm not sure how much more of this I can take, but go ahead. <laughs> I don't... <but> I, <laughs> What 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 are we? Biden's going to win. Ditch forever. What are we All optimistic right. about? I'm opti I'm optimistic that it's I'm gonna I'm gonna Steve. master the the Joker pencil trick on myself here by <laughs> one o'clock. I'm optimistic that that will occur. Steve Very. is going to bring an, an actual lightsaber to the studio <laughs> and cut Ted, uh, cut Ted, Todd's head off. I'm Go not, ahead, Todd. I'm the sorry. Status quo is the status quo until it isn't anymore. No one. There's, there's Ted Cruz, Ron Johnson, who's upping his beard game. He is, by the way. Props to him for that. And then yeah. Rick Scott. Like, if you had all of the Republicans on bend and knee repenting and say, hey, what, do you, what optics do you see that say, yes, ditch is finally time to go? Of course not. We're not Pollyanna show. Can we, can we be a little Pollyannish? Just a little bit? <laughs> Jill, your thoughts? Lie to me, no, Jill. Lie to me, Jill. Be. Lie, Jill. We cannot be. Jill, next, Listen. next, Jill Savage, who will now lie to me. Jill, go. If ditch wants to be done, then ditch will be done. And until then, we're stuck with him. She gets it. That's it. Like, there's, there's nobody else that's going to push him out. He's the one that controls the purse strings. He's the one that decides everything. And even if he decides that, hey, I'm going to be part of writing this bill and I'm going to be the vote that's casting, oh, we're not even going to do it. No one cares. Come on. This is, this is the same answer as the first answer, just like Todd. And, I, and I'm very sorry to do that to you, Steve, because, you know, it should be a, it should be a good fun days group. It's, the, it's my first time back in 2024. 
And it's all the same. Steve. I, I've never yeah. wanted a commercial break to occur more than I do right now. And and I and during the break, I'm going to write myself a note. Your show is depressing. I can't handle any more of this. And why do you guys do this to yeah. us all the time? You're the cake is the same you, guy. I'm yes, reminding you of you. And I'm going to remind you of you a little bit more here. Gangsters, groupies, <laughs> crusaders. Sorry, Jill. Gangsters, groupies, crusaders. Everybody in politics is one of those three people. Is yeah. a gangster. Most of the people in the Republican cr- conference are groupies. And most of the people, well, not most of the people, but there are more crusaders on the left than there are on the right. Mitch McConnell is a gangster. It's the line from Walter White in Breaking Bad. I can't remember the context of the scene. But he says, well, let me just, th- this is Mitch McConnell. We're done when I say. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> I, uh, it's true. You had me there for a second. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're so screwed. You know, I'm just like, I got a grandkid coming in a few weeks, guys. Give me something. Something. Why, you're the one okay. who just tweeted this out your, mo- your most cynical column ever. <laughs> it is. I mean, it, it is absolutely the most cynical column because I've ever Because you were written. right. Is what I just turned the into the blaze. I, I would be surprised minutes, if they don't run it, actually. They're like, come on, Steve. The first 25 minutes of the show today has been the embodiment of that tweet that you put out this morning about this is this is end of the empire stuff. Yeah. I'm not trying to be funny here. We're not. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. We're, we need to be serious here. And then yeah. at the very end, you said, called it on Thursday. Yeah, we just call it Thursday. I mean, we just call it Thursday. Don't come in here with your weak spirit of aloha nonsense, Dace. Let's keep it real. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even know what to do. I mean, I, I don't even. I don't know what to ask. Most important election of our lifetime, Steve. Just... <laughs> oh no, it's not. And y'all know it, and you don't care either. That's why. There's some nefarious bourbon up there that looks pretty good. Hell yeah, it does. Did you guys see the Australian newspaper go, you know, weekend with Biden's, right? And it's the weekend at Bernie's, and it's on, like, the front cover of an Australian newspaper? Right, like, that's the world that we live in right now. They're just openly mocking us, and we're just like, yeah, we'll have more of that. Go ahead. Keep going. I've never wanted to say this more. Exit question. If you could pick one sitting senator to replace McConnell as GOP leader, whom would it be and why? Aaron. John Fetterman. (laughs) I know he's a Democrat, but there's no much difference. Didn't we do a ranking about a month ago when we found that, or it was a few weeks ago. Yeah. We went through the entire Republican Senate caucus, and I think we had Fetterman, we'd rank, if we did a power rating yeah. on, 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 on their positions, we had Fetterman 12th or 13th, yeah. I want to say, out of 48, right? Yep. Okay. I guarantee you, I'd rather, uh, John Fetterman, head of the GOP caucus, or John Cornyn? Straight up. <laughs> John Fetterman or See, John Thune? Straight he's back, up. baby. There's our guy. <laughs> Found him. <laughs> Jill, say something. Uh, if we if we lead the Aid Mubarak out of it, then I will go with Ted Cruz. 
because most if of we the can time get Ted Cruz a Senate we'll GOP okay. leader, I will celebrate a blessed Aid Mubarak this freaking weekend. All right. My kid's birthday is Sunday. He'll get a blessed Aid Mubarak cake. All right. I'll bake that damn thing myself. Todd. Rand Paul. That's the most lucid answer. Not that Ted Cruz wouldn't be bad. It wouldn't be good, but. Can we talk about trannies next? Uh, I mean, what what are we doing here? (laughs) Lighten it up. I, I mean, I just. I, I couldn't even the morning after, after watching that, because what you said, Aaron, I mean, you and I are sharing a brain right now. I never watch this stuff. I made a point of taking a break out of what I was doing that last evening, specifically to watch last night's, because it was clear what they were trying to do. This was, this was meant to put that they were, they were stung by what the DOJ said through the special counsel. They thought they had to, they had to respond. And so... No, they don't need to respond. This is what they need to find out. That's where the normies come in. They put them in out there because they need to know. They gots to know. And if they find out that nobody cares, nobody cares. The normies don't care. They're gonna roll tape again, and it's at least fifty-fifty. He wins, and we all know it. Unfortunately, we will be back. I am close to just I ne- during the break I nearly just completely altered the show format and I mean I was just we're, we're going full J Vernon McGee in the beginning in the beginning God created we're starting at Genesis 1-1 and we're just going right <laughs> going to the end that's all we're doing just going to the end Genesis to Revelation every day two hours just going cover to cover nothing else just doing that J Vernon McGee I, I just, I'm. We're pretty much doing that with the book of Judges right now, aren't we? Will you stop talking? <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, can, can you share with the audience what you told me during the break? Yes. So you want to talk about the sex predators next? No, just, after, after this? Just, just okay. quickly, just very quickly. Okay. Yeah. Just, just the, the data that you shared with me during Three the Three times as many Democrats showed up in the Nevada Democrat primary to vote than Republicans showed up in the Nevada GOP caucus. Both of these uncontested, basically. Um... Let's talk about the great success of our friends over at Preborn. You guys helped them save about 58,000 babies last year with the partnership that we have with them here at The Blaze. And in the end, it's important for us to remember the kingdom of God is still on the march in all seriousness. It just just may not be marching in the arenas that we are uh, comfortable with, accustomed to, familiar with. Um, 
and it may require us getting outside of our comfort zones and moving to the fields where the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. And this is one of them. And this has been a, a tremendously successful partnership. I mean, what, what, what we have been able to do through you and the outstanding ministry at Preborn, there's just uh, no other way to say it. There are tens of thousands of babies that are alive because of that partnership that otherwise would not have been. And we'd like to save even more here in 2024. If you want to help us, please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Preborn today. And yes, I know I'm wearing the Let's Go Brandon shirt. I get it. We're dealing with Bidenflation. I get it. But you know what? It's still less than 30 bucks for an ultrasound that over the years, about 80% of the time, has convinced a mom not to murder her child. I mean, that, that's a pretty good investment. That Very few places where you'll, be, uh, you'll get a better ROI on $28 you spend today than that donation to Preborn. Make that donation today. Preborn.com slash Steve. That's Preborn.com slash Steve. Or dial pound 250, say the keyword baby on your mobile phone. All right, let's get to issue three of the weekly look at the week that was or the nation that was as we bring uh, Jill Savage back in here. Um, how many more of these are we going to put up with until we stop it? We'll begin in the land down under where a cross-dressing TikTok star has been exposed in court as a pedophile who molested children and stalked a family into homelessness. The Adelaide Advertiser reported that the middle-aged man who calls himself Rachel Queen Burton was arrested in October of 2022 by the Elite Joint Anti-Child Exploitation Team over crimes that took place in a rural and regional South Australia in 2019. Burton, who describes himself as a proud trans woman living his best life with no regrets, well, he initially denied the allegations. However, he's since pleaded guilty to aggravated counts of producing and possessing child porn, gross indecency, and indecent assault. Now we go to Oregon, where a drag queen named Aaron David Griffin was arrested on child sex crime charges. He was charged with three counts of third-degree sexual abuse and commercial sexual solicitation. Griffin performed with and befriended another drag queen named Kelsey Meta Boren, who's a convicted pedophile as well. And finally, back down in Kentucky, where a man who thinks he's a woman has reached a plea deal after being charged with sexually abusing a baby and will avoid prison. The man hired a prominent trans activist lawyer to represent him. You may remember the story. The man named Maria Childers was arrested in February of 2023 after the Department of Community-Based Services in Kentucky received an anonymous tip detailing an alleged incident of abuse that occurred in November of 2022 at Explore Learning Academy. The tip, reportedly written by one of Childers' co-workers, accused him of making inappropriate comments towards an infant while changing the child's diaper and touching the baby inappropriately. When does it stop? That's the question. Joe, we'll start with you. When, when, when does this finally stop? When, when are we going to finally stop this? Uh, well, I mean, how long has it been, Steve, since we saw the dads in San Francisco go in and stop drag time story hour? Um, I mean, we can't get the dads in Dallas year? to do it. Two alone, years? Yeah. Right. It's it's been a while. So when does this stop uh, when that stuff starts happening way more frequently? Because now, as I look uh, at Maria, the last of the uh, transgenders on the screen that Aaron put up there uh, that worked in a daycare. Right. When I was growing up, even probably you guys, if, if we saw a man dressed the way that Maria was you would not only just cross the street and like put the child like on the inside of you to, to put 
uh, an adult in between you and that that man in a dress. Uh, now we have decided that this is not only okay, but we're going to let this person work in a daycare with children, with direct access to your children. We have gone from we tolerated it to we accepted it to now we promote it, right? At the beginning of the show when we were talking about the the teachers in the school, it couldn't just be the queer teachers in the school promoting this. We need everybody doing the work. So when is this going to stop? Well, we have to get a lot more serious about this and stand up for the children when you when you know the adults in the room you know, thankfully, one of them at least stood up and said something against this particular incident. But how many times is this happening across the United States every single week? And we just we go out there and we say, oh, but, you know, we have Bruce Jenner, so we're we're OK with it for now. Just just drink your Bud Light. It's OK. It's a good segue, Todd, to reminding people about the interview we did yesterday with Robbie Starbuck and him and his wife's new film, The War on Children. You can watch that trailer at thewaronchildren.com. It's just 12 bucks to buy that film. I would highly recommend everybody in this audience spend that 12 bucks. That is a, it's, a, it's a very important work about what we're discussing right now. Todd, your thoughts. Uh, Jill nailed it. Uh, this stuff is, is inevitable right now as everything I got just done saying about uh, Mitch McConnell. And Biden, the same reason, the normies, Jill mentions the schools, those teachers are everywhere. They might not look exactly like them, but they believe that. Are we prepared to end public education? Are we prepared for sheriffs to go in and make arrests? We, we have no fundamental understanding about how cultish the entire population is. That. The hymns we sing, the odes, the oaths we say, it's all to giving this stuff a pass. We are we are nowhere near stopping this stuff. Because we used to, you know, Australia we mentioned Australia earlier. They're mocking us. So Jen, Australia was we used to like put these people on boats. And oh yeah, that's the bottom of the earth. We're, that's a penal colony. Yeah. You're there. That's what we used that's to its do. Origin. Yeah. Now we let them teach our kids. Are you serious with this? This is going to stop tomorrow? How many people know about this? Was this on the news that is busy right now saying, you know, Joe Biden showed some vigor and fight people? Come on. We all know you can't be bothered. Prove me wrong. Please prove me wrong. I'm that guy. Steve, back in the day when he was on WHO radio, he flat out did this. He says, I will quit my job if you can prove than anything I've said about Mitt Romney being Mitt Romney is wrong. And Steve still kept his job for a long time, and he left on his own terms. Folks, prove me wrong. Monday night here in Des Moines, the mob that supports those people is going to show up to the public hearing on here in Iowa on defining male, female, father, mother. They're going to have more than us. Because you folks won't show up and say, you know what, we're taking it back. Prove me wrong. I'm right here. Aaron? It stops when we say it stops. You know, we like to say, and, and it's been bandied about, and rightfully so, you get the government you deserve. I think a better way of saying that is we are the government we get. Because government is just a reflection, at least in this system still, especially on the local level, it's just a reflection of the people. 
So if you're electing sheriffs, if you're electing city council members, what have you, let's make this really granular, who have not expressed any interest in enforcing laws against lewd acts, what is the uh, contributing to the delinquency of a minor? That's a you problem. Demand that your demand that your local leaders actually enforce that type of thing. If if drag shows are going on in your neighborhood, so we are the government. We get it's just a direct reflection. Stop trying to make it ethereal out there. It's right here, right now. I'll also say this. Now that story in Kentucky is heinous. That dude shouldn't just be in prison. Dead. He should be dead. After a fair trial, of course. After a fair trial, of course. Yeah. You freaking molested an infant, and you're getting off with no jail time? Yeah. No. So that is heinous, and I want to reinforce that. However... If you're a parent who walks into a prospective daycare and you see an obvious dude wearing a dress with purple hair or pink hair and you willfully entrust your baby to that person's care, you're a terrible parent. So, again, what he did was heinous. It was wicked. But we need to start drawing boundaries even more drastically. Don't just let him... Just don't just let him go. Uh, he's probably fine. You know, no, 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 no. All convicted child predators, pedos and groomers, all convicted should be executed. That should be an automatic exit question. Would you rather share a case of Bud Light with Donald Trump or share a bathroom with Bruce Jenner at a Trump resort? Aaron. Mm, give me Bud Light with Donald Trump. You don't want to be in the stall next to Bruce Jenner? No, I do not. <laughs> Todd. This should be the moment, you realize. It should be. So, Todd, which one? Where are you at? The damn it, coattails. I nearly put that thing in my own mouth during the last break. All right? Bud Light. Case of Bud Light with Trump. Joe, what about you? Because really, Bruce would be Give using your Bruce homes. would be using your bathroom these days anyway. So, which one would you prefer? No, give me the Bud Light. That's right. a that's a much easier choice. All right, word um, emerged this week. It's not confirmed. They're denying it, but we'll see. But word emerged this week that uh, Ronna Romney McDaniel is going to step down. Uh, what was it? She's been there for what five years as head of the RNC following the South Carolina primary, which is uh, two weeks from tomorrow, I want to say, or somewhere around there, the 24th. All right. If you could nominate anyone, this is our kicker topic this week. If you could nominate anyone to be the new RNC chair, whom would it be and why? Aaron. Um, Taylor Swift. Something tells me she'd be a little bit better with her money and fundraising than Ronna Romney McDaniel. Now, now the Swifties are all Republicans? Yep. Here's the thing. I mean, given where the party's heading nationally, she wouldn't have to change her views on abortion at all. Todd. Jesse Kelly. Oh. It, would, it would be Festivus. Airing of grievances I, I would, and feats of strength. And I'm, let's I, do this. I would bake a blessed uh, Aid Mubarak cake for that myself. Yes. Chill. Uh, I would join in with you for that. But I'm going to go with Kevin McCarthy because you know why? The end 
will be near quicker. Thank you, Aaron. Sorry. Uh, because we just, we need to get to the end of this and this will bring it on. So do it. Just do it. Just give the people what they want and end the Republican Party at once. And see, at the, at the start of this, I was thinking, it's been way too long since we've had Jill on. <laughs> Predictions. You didn't Aaron. answer the question. Huh? You didn't answer the question. Um, I, you know, I guess I'll go with, I guess I would go with Todd's suggestion. I like that idea. Wherever sure. Jill has been, she's come back like full bane. Like, I was raised in the darkness. <laughs> you know what? Let me do this. Let me do this because what if somebody, what if we had somebody with Jesse's kind of a mindset, but actually understood the nuts and bolts of the process? You know what I'm saying? So why not our own president, Gaston Mooney? Ooh. Who's worked on Capitol Hill, knows where the, how, how the process works, knows how the sausage gets made, is works for Jim DeMint, is, and, and thinks like a Jesse Kelly does, but, but understands the nuts and bolts of a job like that. Let's do it. Okay. Let's get to predictions. Aaron, go ahead and get your Super Bowl prediction out of the way. You'll go first. Man, as much as I want to pick against my Chiefs, yeah, you know, it's a win-win sure win. sure either do. way. I think they prevail over the 49ers uh, 34 to 21. So you think it would be a pretty high-scoring game? Mm. And you're going to win comfortably, you yeah. think? Okay. Jill, what's your prediction this week? Uh, I have moved back to the state of Texas, so I am going to go with the Texas border is all just a big mirage. Everything is PR and marketing because everything is PR and marketing. Can't argue with that, Todd. Well, I, I already gave you my prediction. It was going to be that. But it feels like it was about uh, 11 years ago. It's going so. to be either Biden or Kamala, and nothing else is going to save that, and here's why. It's a broader prediction to everything. The status quo is the status quo until it isn't anymore. Figure out your role in that equation and either get to get busy living or get busy dying. And yes, if you are a church and you are having Super Bowl themed actual services, not parties, actual church services like they are in Kansas City, and I'm sure they would be just for about any other team, you're getting busy dying. Genesis 1-1, in the beginning. I think we've seen Joe Biden's last press conference. One way or the other. Don't think he does another one. I think that's the last one. Or at least the last solo one. That's but, the last one. But are you saying that with any sense of meaning that that means he's done? Because, sure. I, we, I, I think it is more likely he, he's done than you guys do. Right? I think we'll find out over the next few days how much that penetrated the normie bubble. You thought we were decent men living in decent times. <laughs> you have some time off coming up, don't you? <laughs> Jill, good to see you. Thank you. You too. All Way right. to end on a high note there, Steve. Yes. Hour two is next.
All right, back here with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast, alongside Aaron McIntyre, Titers, and I'm Steve Dace. And alongside all of you as well. And you can let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, get our Instagram, and TikTok. Also, if you like the show and you listen via the podcast, thank you. We appreciate you. And you can also show your appreciation for us by leaving us a five-star review. Thank you to all of you who have already done so. And you can also uh, hit subscribe, or if you're on iTunes, follow. And that way, every time we do a new episode, it shows up in your feed every single time. And thank you to those who have done that for us, too. Thank you to our friends over at Patriot Mobile for over the course of the last decade or so being on the cutting edge of building a necessary parallel economy. Unfortunately, this this is too systemic now, the, the, the cancer, the rot gut, uh, that we just can't go all the time uh, in avoiding people, doing business with people who will then take our hard-earned money and then weaponize it against our you know cherished values. But thankfully, one place where that doesn't have to apply is with a product we all need to use these days, and that's our mobile phones. If you want to make the switch to Patriot Mobile today, uh, they'll help you make the switch, make it as seamless and customizable for your family as possible and they give you access once you remember you get access to all the major networks out there that you can switch anytime you want free of charge with their 100 percent us-based customer service team that means you can understand them and they do an outstanding job so if you're a veteran or first responder you want to make the switch today let them know they've got extra ways to say thank you for the rest of us uh you can go to patreonmobile.com slash steve and uh with the promo code steve you get a free activation at patreonmobile.com slash Steve. Again, patriotmobile.com slash Steve. Use the promo code Steve. All right, you guys ready for some feedback Friday? Well, yeah. Let's see if they can do some up with people. I mean, I there has... Was, ironically, we've gotten numerous emails in the last 30 minutes or so saying last hour may have been people's favorite show they've ever heard. And I, 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 I don't know how to take that because, I mean, I'm, I'm a broken man. I mean, I am, no. I'm a broken man right now, you know. And so I, I'm glad that my brokenness, no, I'm glad no, no, watching no. me being shattered in real time is all it took for people to, uh, to love our show. So thank you. This is where your own one of your own defining principles out yourself about yourself is going to be tested you, you often say you're a what guy starts with a t truth guy yeah this is the truth it doesn't you can back up Todd. Does it, it doesn't have to be does it there's well, an no. exit over there you can go in the way you came <laughs> Like this one from Jim. I hate to say it, but this combination of anger, hopelessness, and Jill Savage, this might be my favorite show you've ever done. All right, let's get to some feedback Friday. I am I am sure. That show was our Barry White voice. Yes. <laughs> yeah, nice. I am sure there is some optimism there. Let's start here with Pete Kalika. He wants to know, what is the Latin phrase that uh, Sean Patrick Flannery speaks after the credits in nefarious at the end of the movie what's uh, the after credit scene there uh he recites 
the the in he recites that mene mene tequila parson you've been weighed measured or weighed in the balance and found wanting depending on which translation you look at daniel's writing on the wall uh but uh, he then goes on to say but you're too stupid to realize it to be continued that's what he goes on to say in latin there so in case you guys were wondering by the way, uh, Collider, the, the big movie mag and blog, they wrote another article about Nefarious yesterday. That's the second time they have, they have given us um, great coverage over at Collider since the movie became available for subscribers in Amazon Prime, included with your subscription. I mean, they, 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 they talked about how you know our movie essentially is in the mode of a Silence of the Lambs, uh, Fallen, and Seven. You know the some of the those yeah. a couple of those are two of the greatest movies of the '90s, man. I mean, I just very high praise. It's true. Yeah. So and that and, and that's from a that's from a mainstream source, and they're like, yeah, we know it's a Christian movie, man, but this is a really good movie. So. Thank you to the folks at Collider. I wish you would have written it like last April when we were on about 1,200 screens. Because I'd be wealthier now, and I wouldn't have to listen to any more version. I could have just rode off into the sunset. But nope, you waited until the movie was available for free on Amazon. <laughs> so, stuck here I am! Uh, um, I wrote to you guys a few months back, when Rise of the Fourth Reich first came out, I was the fired nurse for not taking the jab, who sent your book to the CEO of the hospital system, which fired over 800 good people. You remember this woman's story? Yeah. At the time, leaving that company was devastating, but now with faith in God's guidance, I'm at a place that I truly love. I've been watching without surprise the entire system collapse from financial ruin to a steep decline in quality of care. We can now put my former health system employer in uh, in the woke till you're broke category. By the end of the year, it'll be taken over by one of the largest ball-whacking healthcare institutions in the entire state. Actions and inactions have dire, dire consequences. Signed, the useless drinker, who also says she is one of the women that misses the cringy, cringy Lindsey Graham takes. That this isn't, you know, when I when I included this in the email rundown, I had no idea we were going to have the conversation that we had in the first hour. I, I didn't know that the events of what transpired on Thursday were going to occur. But this is a this is a this is a reminder to me uh, right now, especially I'm talking to myself. But any of the rest of you uh, that within the sound of my voice that are where I am at right now, to remember, and it can be a trite phrase. And 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 it does feel like you know when our when our friends, particularly particularly our believing friends and family members, say this to us, it feels a little bit hollow because it. It just feels like a trite phrase you're expected to say. Sort of like, you know, when a guy at church whose first name you can't remember and he can't remember yours walks up to you and acts like you guys have been, you know, buddies all along, even though you've had like zero meaningful conversations ever and the, and ends the conversation with, I'll be praying for you. No, you won't. Right. It just, it's, a, it's, it's just sort of the uh, Christianese um, mega suburban mega church handbook of, you know, the, the cliches that we're supposed to check in saying to one another. But 
this is still very true. And, and emails like this are a reminder. God is still on the throne. And speaking to myself and maybe for some of you, discouragement comes when we don't see or aren't willing to see God working where we want him to. And this is a broader context than just cultural conversation. You know, I, I really want to have a wife. I really want to have a husband. And I'm, you know, discouraged that I've not been able to find one. And so, you know, God must have maybe abandoned me or, you know, won't bless me with that. And maybe he's answering that just, you know, by working on you, putting you, uh, you know, putting you in a position that a member of the opposite sex would, would like to spend their, their life with you. You just don't see that at the time. And I appreciate when you guys send me stories like this and encouragements like this, because I will tell you a lot of what, what I cover on a daily basis is not very encouraging. And even for somebody like me, who, I don't know, another show that does this, maybe because they're not as dumb as we are, talks about, you know, openly idolatry and generational curses <laughs> in their analysis of the events and news of the day, you know? Um, but even I, you know, I, if, if, it, if it feels like, you know, good stuff isn't happening where my attention is focused then that must mean good stuff isn't happening. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. And I think we need to, we need to, we need to, we need to be where God is working, not work where we would like God to be, maybe is a better way of putting well, yeah. it. Yeah, to do that, you can't just constantly be viewing your relationship with God through the prism of I, which is a huge problem. You got to set that down. I mean, apparently got a lot of the rest of the book right. But that first sentence in Rick Warren's book. It's, it's not about it's you. It's not about you. Like, and then after he became a multimillionaire, yeah. he went out there and made everything but about him. Yeah. If, you, but can you, if you really want to make your faith fundamentally about God, you got you to gotta push the eye aside. It, you, I guarantee you, it will be brought back in in ways that you can't even comprehend at the outset. But... You got to be citizen. We are so narcissistic. We think as church as therapy these days. It can be therapeutic. It is not fundamentally therapy. And even the most orthodox of believers think it's always like, what's it doing for me? How's it? Got to set that aside. You have to. Let's go next here. Uh, this is from Sarah. She said, I just want to reinforce the point that you were making recently after the Montana couple had their children taken away, that this stuff can happen anywhere. Um, my family lives in, uh, uh, I won't say where, um, we'll protect her identity. 
Um, and we had a very similar experience to this family. My daughter actually attempted suicide. So we immediately ended up in the ER. She was then put into a residential facility. And it was there that the confrontation broke about gender identity. We held firm, refused to go along with it. But in the end, the way that we prevailed was by convincing our daughter that life was so much better at home than it was in that facility. Thankfully, she wasn't so entrenched that some good communication with her was enough although they were requiring we wear masks uh, at that facility and we hadn't worn them for a long time. So she had a hard time with that. Once she dropped the gender stuff, she was sent home within a week. This all allowed me to convince my husband that this stuff is in the schools. And in particular, the school district where we lived was pushing this stuff hard. The reality of her suicidal thought is that her thoughts are that she was being socially transitioned at school, that term, socially transitioned. What does that mean? I'll pause there for a second. If you watch the War on Children movie we profiled yesterday, they talk a lot about social contagion. And it's funny, the example they use is something that I have talked about on this show and have, and have mentioned as an example in several talks I've done around the country over the last couple of years. Let me reset here. Back in the day, you know, after gym class or after, a, you know, a sports practice, you went in, you know, in high school to shower, you know, and get changed um, and maybe, and you noticed somebody of the other, uh, somebody of the, of the same genders, um, uh, shall we say features and compared them to yourself or found them interesting. You didn't like have an outlet to go and tell people about that. Right. And you didn't, you know, when we were growing up, I thought you didn't run out in the hallway and said, Hey, I checked out another dude's uh, penis in, in gym class. Thoughts, everyone. Mm, that did not happen. No, no. It was the expectation actually that you would not declare that as a matter of fact. Um, and so you might do that, but then since there was no, um, again, what's the, t- since there was no social encouragement for this, that kind of just became most of the time a fleeting thought and you moved on with the rest of your life. There, meaning that there was nothing in, a, in the social sphere that was then going to take that and mustard seed that could just be a phase or a fleeting thought and, and just not even water it, dude, like put kerosene on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then light that thing up. There was no place to go for that to occur. So you just moved on with the rest of your life. Most of the time. Oh, that was weird. Let's not do that again. And then it didn't happen again. What happens now is you go, is you immediately jump on, I, you you jump on Instagram, Snapchat, um, you know, TikTok, film a video, put up something about it. And the entire peer group there says, well, maybe you're gay or maybe you're uh, a, a, a boy trapped in a girl's body or a girl trapped in a boy's body or the wrong gender. And, and now we're just flamethrowing this kernel of thought, man, just mainlining, you know, flames of hell just to, just to make that into an inferno. And, and you won't dare push back against it. What, what, there's nothing wrong with it. What are you, a bigot? What are you, a hater? Because now that, that, that's your peer group now. That is your peer group now. And that peer group will turn on you. They'll shun you. You guys remember the case a few years ago of the, uh, I, I don't remember her name, but the, the porn star that killed herself because she made an announcement that oh, yeah. she was not yeah. she was not going to perform with men who also did gay porn 
because the testing requirements in the state of California for the porn industry for heterosexual performers were way more stringent than they were for the gay performers and disease spread was far more prevalent with the gay performers. So she's like, I'm not performing with any more men who do gay porn because I have to protect my body and how they bullied this woman until she committed suicide, basically, because that was her peer group. That was where she got affirmation was from these people on social media who said, you're beautiful, you're hot, you're gorgeous. This is a smoke show. Keep doing it. Well, now those exact same people that gave her all that affirmation helped her monetize the equipment the good Lord gave her. They turned on her. And so she felt helpless and killed herself. You're not going to push back on that social media contagion. That's what Sarah means here when she talks about being socially transitioned. Everything around you is encouraging this. Before you know it, you're in a guidance counselor's office. They're not going to tell you, you know, uh, what they would have told us, Todd, go home, rub some dirt on it, you know, and don't ever bring that stupid poop into this office ever again. What the hell? What's wrong with you, kid? That's what they would have said to us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now it's just like, yeah, let's, let's discuss. And so again, this thing is just getting, man, cultivated and fed the entire time before you know it. It just seems like you've skipped six steps and you're talking to a doctor about bottom surgery and, you know, hormone treatments. There's, no, there's, there's nowhere or no one who feels without real love for you or real conviction that usually comes out of a f- personal faith in your creator that will come forward and step into that and say, like a Gandalf, you shall not pass. No one will do that. Everyone will either encourage it or say nothing, which means they're encouraging it just in another way. So when, when Sarah talks about her daughter being socially transitioned, this is what she means. She goes on to say it was the dichotomy of living one way at school and a different way at home that finally led to the suicide attempt. We moved from that city where we were living to a small town where the gender stuff is not as prevalent. That was as far as I could get my husband to move because he didn't want to get too far away from his parents. We don't know his parents' situation. As a mom sick on her own, we, we don't know. So let's not judge that. Um, we got our daughter involved. This, that's, that's not the point of the story. Let's continue on. We got our daughter involved in real life, going to church, reassociated with a youth group, playing sports, working at a local company, raising an animal for the fair, actual rigorous honors classes that require her to work for her grades. She has since left the gender stuff far behind. And we remain extremely grateful that we dodged the bullet with her. But we, have, we still have younger children, so we remain vigilant. I want to close with this final paragraph that Sarah mentions. Incidentally, I had a conversation with, 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 our, with my daughter recently about her stay in the residential facility, as she had no idea that the, quote, medical age of consent in, in our state is 15. She was 13 when she was in the facility, which is another reason why we're able to get her out more successfully, meaning that if she was 15, they wouldn't have let her out. Hey, yeah, she can consent to mutilating herself. She said, I bet you're grateful that I wasn't older. And I said, yes, I am, but you should be too. About two weeks later, so this brings us back to the Alistair Begg conversation again. Listen to this. About two weeks later, the topic came up again. And this time, since there were others around, my daughter whispered to me, thank you for telling me no. 
Thank you for telling me no. I know that there are many who have not had this kind of an outcome and my heart breaks for them. Thank you guys for your show that continues to point out the horrors of this and for speaking the truth about it. That's from Sarah. Think back in your life. And often the most defining moments for you were when somebody told you no. I kind of joke about it now. I had an agent that worked for a guy who was at ESPN at the time and now the Big Ten Network, Dave Revson. And Revson connected me to his agent when I was young in my career because Revson was like, you're too good for Des Moines. You could be a lot bigger. His agent listened to my stuff and said, you're not any good kid. Have a nice life in Des Moines. Early in my career, tried to get a, a job doing sports talk radio in Detroit, getting paid to cover my favorite teams. The program director there, you're not any good kid. That motivated me to get better at this. I can't remember the names of a lot of my teachers. One of them I can. Mr. Zimmerman. My English teacher, English lit ninth grade, speech class in 12th grade. I mean, he, he made me want to cry in the ninth grade. By the 12th grade, I can't think of a teacher that more contributed to what I do for a living now and who I became than Mr. Zimmerman did. He passed away several years ago. Think of Michael Jordan, maybe the greatest athlete of our lifetime. What was the galvanizing moment in his life? Was it the eighth or ninth grade basketball team or something? He didn't make it? Something like that. Somewhere around. Mm -hmm. Didn't make the team. Here's another example. God shows up writes a series of statements on two stone tablets with his own handwriting, wrote them with his own hand, hands them over to Moses and says, give these to the people. And all these statements say what? No, 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 no. Those are the, that's maybe the 10 most impactful statements in the history of humanity. Just don't, no, 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 no. By the way, the primary teller of no in a culture is the men. Is the men. Yep. But that means... There has to be men. You're you're going to be bothered. Yep. And you don't want to be bothered. No. The word no in and of itself... It's a pretty word. It is a pretty word, but the word no in and of itself carries with it inherently, foundationally, what? Conflict. Yep. Mm-hmm. What anyway, uh, you got some predictions for the game on Sunday, Todd? I do not. That is the problem. We I remember just, this is a trite example, but I think it reinforces this point. 
one time when I was small, small enough to be spanked, and I remember this, I ran across the street without looking both ways first, and I got a heck of a spanking out of that. But it worked. I took looking both ways before I crossed the street seriously. Fast forward probably 10 years later, I'm in college getting off of the campus shuttle on a busy street in front of my university. And it was a busy street. And I cautiously went around the front of the bus, looked both ways very cautiously. And if I had not even paid any amount of attention, I would have at least gotten my neck broken by a, by a truck that was over, well over the speed limit, passed by the bus within inches. That saved my life, probably, or at least saved my neck. Being told no and having consequences attached to it. Mm-hmm. But whether it's in our own families, whether it's in our churches sometimes, whether it's in our communities, the appetite for telling others no, well, there is no appetite or very little appetite. But it's not that hard, is it? It's really not that hard at the end of the day. How many letters? We've gotten a couple of letters now from people, men, who've gotten together, together with other men at their church or with their communities. Wasn't it out in Idaho, I think mm-hmm. it was? They just maybe, organized. Maybe my favorite email we got last they, year. They organized yeah. and said, hey, we're just going to overwhelm. We're going to go get a seat, put our butts in the seats at the library for this drag queen story hour, and we're just going to overwhelm them. We're going to overwhelm the fire code. And you know what? No children will be able to see this. It's not that hard. Get off your butt. That's, that's basically what the message is. It's really not that hard to say no. And Steve, I think you can attest to this. And Todd certainly as well. It's like a muscle. The more you use it, the more you use it, the more you use, or use it, the easier it gets to use. Mm-hmm. But there's no way to use no without creating any form of conflict. There's just no context by which no is used that a form of conflict is not created as a result. And man, we are, well, everybody except the people actively trying to smash every stained glass window they can get their hands on. Everybody else in this culture wants to avoid conflict as much as absolutely possible. Which is why all our stained glass windows are getting smashed all the time. I mean, we've turned the culture into a gun-free zone, metaphorically speaking. We've talked before. You ever notice that the, 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 the nut jobs, the known wolves, they don't ever go down to the gun show and just start opening fire on Bubba. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. the assumption is everybody there has, is packing, and unless you want to commit death by Bubba, you know, suicide by Bubba, we all know how that's going to turn out. So they go to the places where the people aren't and start opening fire there. Almost these places. I think there was, there was a study done several years ago by a guy named John R. Lott. I mean, the, the percentage of public shootings that were overwhelmingly done in places where guns were not permitted was over the top high. Same thing applies here. I mean, that's... We're not willing to have a confrontation. So therefore, confrontation in human interpersonal relationships 
is unavoidable. But since, since the people that have our worldview are being taught to be docile by many churches, to avoid confrontation at all costs by many churches, that confrontation is not very loving, of course. No one's ever kicked out. No one's ever excommunicated. No one's ever confronted. No one's ever asked. And then that's learned behavior, and there, we don't do that to the rest of the culture. But our enemies are totally fine with confrontation, like putting up satanic statues and red state state legislatures at Christmas time. That level of fine with it, like I mean, that openly Aaron, grooming your kids at your yeah. schools. Aaron's that montage. level of fine with it. Aaron's montage: that black woman coming on with a bunch of FAA pilots and stuff and saying, you know, you crackers have got to stop landing the airplane safely on time. That's Correct. what happened. Yes. And they're just sitting there like, no one... This is very profound. Why didn't any of them just pull the dace? And I didn't, I didn't pull- know airplane safety was racist. Yes. Thank you for telling me. When yes. you walked off the set that one day because you just saw this is all a sham and I'm not going to be a part of it. Why, mm-hmm. don't, why, why are you sitting there, guys? You could take this thing back. Why do we sit there? I just can't, just can't be bothered. Pension, paycheck, I got, got to keep... Keep rearranging the deck chairs, but you know it's the Titanic. You do know it, but you're just going to try to tread water as long as possible. That's not what men do. It is not. But you're doing it, so that's a you problem. Indeed, it is. And here we are. And how did Sarah and her husband literally save their daughter's life? They told her no. That's what they did. They told her no. Out of love, and then they fought for her. Didn't give in. More in a moment. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show, when you absolutely positively have to buy or sell a home, and let's face it, sometimes you've just got to. Uh, You want to make sure you've got a real estate agent that you can trust on your side. And that's why Glenn Beck started a company a long time ago. Because he got tired of dealing with real estate agents that he realized when it was too late, he couldn't trust. Figured you might be too. Uh, So it's a lot of work. It can be really confusing. And you don't want to be making a lot of mistakes, particularly in this housing market. Uh, The agents they work with at Real Estate Agents I Trust are the best in your area, top sellers. They know the lay of the land, the best practices to get you and your family where you need to go, whether it's across the street or even across the country. So most of these agents are fans of the blaze. So you'll have something in common starting out, common value system. Do yourself and your family a favor. Check them out today. Real Estate Agents I Trust is the name. It says it all. Go to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. All right. Let us continue on here on a um, Feedback Friday. Mike writes, when I married my wife 31 years ago, I inherited two sons, three and five years old. We grew up as a family and I claim them as my own boys. My oldest son is now 35 and is in a same sex relationship. He broke the news to my wife in a letter several years ago. We both struggled with this. She has accepted his decision as have I. He and I, he and I have never discussed his choice as he has made it clear this is who he is. We have since heard rumors they are considering marriage, but he has not approached us yet. Same sex marriage goes against everything I believe and against the plan God has for us. Marriage is between one man and one woman. Nature's laws and nature's God. I told my wife that if they decide to do this, 
I cannot attend the event as I would be condoning this and would be giving in to the spirit of the age. I want to support my family, but this is clearly against the will of God. Can you give me your thoughts? Do not think I have come to bring peace, but a sword. A member of a man's own household will be pitted against him. Mother against daughter, father against son. This sucks. I'm sorry. And therefore, by the grace of God, could go any of us. Between the the three of us here, we have now, what, nine kids? Because you've got a second on the way here, Aaron. Right? So we have nine kids between the three of us. We, we have, we have, we have no idea what the futures hold for all nine of these children. We, we don't, we, we cannot sit here and say, we're going to go. That's assuming that Bella and Aaron are done after this one. We don't know that either, but we, we can't sit here and know that we're going to go nine for nine with, with those kids against the spirit of the age. Do you know that? I don't know that. Do nope. you know? No, we don't. Not to mention, you know, Aaron grew up in a, in a good homeschooled family, but there were, were there moments when you and I were growing up, Todd, that people might not have thought that this is what we'd be in, who'd be, who we'd be at the age of 50. Oh, yeah. And they saw us at the age of say 21, Yep, 17. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know? And so that's the other thing that you don't know. I, there's a reason why I wanted to read Mike and Sarah's notes back to back. Sarah's daughter concludes with, thank you for telling me no. Can you even imagine how hard that was for her and her family during that time? To have every other influence in their daughter's life telling her yes, and they're the only ones telling her no. The only ones. The only ones. But they endured. You know, we've, we've quoted a few times, you know, in the last uh, few months, I've, I've referenced the line from The Dark Knight when Alfred has to remind Bruce Wayne that some men just want to watch the world burn. That there will be no bargaining. There will be no reasoning. They, they just have to be defeated. Well, Bruce then asks Alfred later on in the film, in the face of this realization, now, now, that, he is, now that he has paid a very steep price in his own life, the woman he loved as he's been killed, He's paid a very steep price in his own life. Learning this lesson was a very costly, expensive lesson. And he asks, he asks Alfred, what would you have me do? Remember what Alfred's answer was? Endure. Endure. Finish the race. What would God have you do, Mike? Endure. Finish the race. You have no idea what your willing, willingness to run this race now, what it might do for your son later. Like Sarah had no idea what their willingness to run that race for their daughter was going to mean for them later as a family. You have no idea. Over the years in this show, you know, even though I'm, uh, I put the fun in fundamentalism and Todd thinks that Latin, all mass should be in Latin, we have a theologian of admiration in common. Augustine. Augustine's mother was Monica. She prayed for his salvation. Do you know how long? 
Todd, I believe it was 30 years. Yeah, long time. 30 years she prayed for her son's salvation. God eventually answered those prayers. And as a result, her son became the most influential voice in church history after the time of the men who wrote the Bible itself. And probably even to this very day. We don't know the future. We don't. When I met my wife in a dial-up proto version of Tinder in an America online chat room that might as well have been titled Pagans in Heat, I had no idea, none, that it was going to lead to, I mean, we're, we're coming up on our anniversary here on April the 5th. A 27th anniversary, I think, if I'm doing the math right in my head. We had no idea. None. We were just trying to get laid. We had, we had no clue. We were going to like raise kids and homeschool them and own minivans and put the fun in fundamentalism. We, we had no idea, guys. None. We don't know how these stories end. We don't see the future. This is where faith comes in. The substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. Mike, I would say to you straight up, if you don't believe that through your faithfulness, God can save, maybe save your son, let go of the rope now. You're a fool for holding on to it one more day and go to that wedding and enjoy yourself. There's, there's no degrees here. There, there's no nuance here. It's an either or. Either hold on to that rope because as important as your relationship is with your son, the relationship you have with the son of God is way more important. Fear not the one who can destroy your reputation and your body, but the one who can do those things and also cast your soul into hell. Put that one first. If you really don't believe that, let go of the rope now. It is not worth it to you to take which you're about to absorb unless you really believe that. Don't do it halfway. Nope. If you really believe that, grab onto that rope. And pray like your son and your own your son's life depends on it. It very well might. His soul may depend on it. Otherwise, go to the wedding. The, the, the ethereal realm that Alistair Begg tried to create two weeks ago doesn't exist. Either hold the rope or let go of it. Either hold it tightly or let go. Those are the options. Didn't say it was going to be easy. I didn't say it was going to be fun. I've been where you are in a different context, just with my own marriage. I almost let go of the rope. When I made the decision to hold on to it, things were not instantly better. Things were not instantly easy. Three and a half years later, I'm so thankful I didn't let go of the rope. But I'd be lying to you if I told you that there weren't moments 
in the days and weeks and even months after I decided to not let go of that rope that I thought, I'm not sure I made the right decision here. So what do we do? Endure. That's what we do. We endure. What did Jesus do for us? What did he do for us? Died. He endured. Endured the cross. The road to the cross. He endured. So now that's what we do for him. But here's the thing. We don't do this on our own. Not by our bite, but by his. That's what he gave his Holy Spirit for. Won't be simple. Won't be easy. And it won't be fun. But it might be epic. You don't know. That's why it's called faith. Angelo in New Jersey writes, y'all have really awakened me to the impact that the godless right is having in the conservative movement. I've had some conversations with friends and family members in the last year that I think demonstrate what you've been talking about. There is no longer a mention of good or evil. The objective moral order is not part of the discussion of public policy. Seems we are boxing ourselves into the idea that limited government means we can't tell anybody what to do on anything. I think the founding fathers would disagree. We don't understand freedom in the same way that they did. This is the classic, uh, th- this is the classic Occam versus Aquinas debate. Occam's idea of freedom is that our undetermined will is free in the choosing between options, which is really license, where Aquinas's idea is that freedom is the ability to choose a true good. I think the founding fathers held the latter view, but maybe that's just my Catholic bias. One key instance of conservatives adopting the idea of consent as a mode of thinking is how we talk about transing the kids. DeWine recently defined it as an issue about medical care and parental rights. We even make weak and easy arguments. Conservatives too often say it's wrong and crazy because they aren't even 18, so they can't drink or get a tattoo and don't have a fully developed brain. But these arguments beat around the bush. We need to be clear that while the child abuse in the form of transing the kids is one of the worst things ever, it's also evil for adults to trans themselves. This isn't something you can consent to. That's such an important point. Mm-hmm. You can't consent to this. Like you can't consent to flying of your own will. You can have, you can have a surgeon attach wings. You're not a bird. You cannot consent to things that aren't real. You're just engaged in insanity. There are obviously things we believe that you can't, can't consent to. No one thinks you can consent to prostitution or assisted suicide. Oh, well, they're increasingly thinking you can. And that's because they are objectively evil. One act makes a person into an object for pleasure and the other is an object for murder. I think gender mutilation is squarely in this category. Wholeheartedly agree. I got pushback from a solid Christian mother on this idea. She basically said that if people who have fully developed brains want to make such a crazy decision, it's up to them. She likened it to weight loss pills that have killed people or plastic surgery. While she disagrees with it, she doesn't feel like it's her place to prohibit that kind of activity. No one is asking you to assent to denial of reality with a weight loss pill. No one is asking that.
That's from Angelo in New Jersey. Thoughts? Well, I said it earlier. I don't remember what prompted it, but even amongst believers, we just simply have no idea that of the depth of the trance that we are under. And that the fact that we are is how you, you call, you described her as what you deemed to be, what a good Christian woman or some, you know, not, not some out and out heretic, but you, you've in your comfort and you found a, a certain degree of flat eartherism all by yourself of things places you won't let christ do his work there's no such thing everything and uh, somehow as christians we keep well you gotta you, you gotta rate till it gets really bad no you don't all the things all the things because some of the biggest idols are the things that are they're not, you know, some things are made out of things that are genuinely evil of themselves. A lot of these things, that there's, there's nothing evil about them at all. They're neutral. Even some of them, their best are, uh, can lead to profound goods. This is my point about sports. But if you won't let God into those things, the devil is happy to enter all of them. This is the game. It's, a, it's the real game. The God-shaped hole. It's a hole that must and will be filled by spirit of some kind. The reason we have the godless right of this flavor now is because functionally for at least the last generation, the right has been functionally godless. And there's a number of reasons for this, but the main one is that politics of any kind, political parties, are microwaves for idolatry. That's just the reality of it. This candidate will save us. This candidate will save us. This candidate will save us. You can see how easily an idol is made there. My concern now, now on the right, it's just out and out, just explicit, naked um, animosity towards people like us sitting in this room and likely you in the audience as well, where it's just kind of this, oh, those self-righteous do-gooders. That, that's coming from the right. We learned this during the GOP primary this time around. My, now, political parties, you know, politics makes for strange, strange bedfellows. My concern, though, is that looking at this from a big picture view, if you don't have a foundation, nothing you build will last you might not even be able to build anything at all. That's the problem here. And when you have a political atmosphere where it's not only, um, not only uh, the reality that people like us are being chastised and scorned by supposedly people wearing our own jersey, but it's actually accepted. I don't know, man. Good luck with that. Have a great weekend. We'll see if they let us back again on Monday, Romans 828. This is Steve Dace.
on the Blaze Radio Network.